You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And I love today's topic. Today, we're talking about kindness. And at the end of last week's episode, when I was asking for final thoughts, um, actually, two, uh, two of the three of my guests said, be more kind. So it was a great intro to this conversation. Uh, last week's episode was Lights, Camera, Action but it was really more about who you are off camera and developing who you are as a person is going to shine through on camera. And I guess when you're kind, it shows. Let's see. Let's test that hypothesis on today's show. I'm really excited today. Oh, first of all, I'm Deb, author of your goal guide and creator of the Deb Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And every week I bring together three friends to dive into the topic of the week. And today... I'm doing like wildcard this month because I couldn't really find a thread to put everything together. So I'm just doing fun, different things. And today, the fun, different thing, which should be more like a normal thing, is kindness. And I have with me my my friend and fellow Mango author, Elise Marie Collins. It's so good to see you. I feel like, you know, we only see each other at events, which is probably not okay. But at least we see each other at events. So really glad you could jump onto this one. And Matt Goldberg, who I recently interviewed for his book, Rings of Kindness. So yes, of course, he inspired the topic. And I'm really glad to have you here today as well. And Elizabeth McCumber, I hope I pronounced that right. Usually I check and I didn't, yeah. um, whose blog is Better Without Pressure. And we were talking about the value. It's not just about being kind to others, but being kind to yourself. So I'm really glad to have my fellow innovation woman, awesome woman person on here as well today. And what, well, I'd love for you all to introduce yourselves a little bit more, not just about who you are, but why this topic is so important to you. So Elise, let's start with you. Go. Yeah. My name is Elise Marie Collins and I'm the author of three books. Uh, Super Ager is one of them. And being kind is so important because it brings us into our heart chakra. Another one of my books is Chakra Tonics. Uh, we live in a world of hierarchies and competition. And in the chakra system, that center is in your belly. And it's not that we don't want to have an ego. We want to have uh, that get up and go, that fire. But if we don't know how to come into our heart and be kind to ourselves and to others, then, you know, that's what life is all about. Life really begins at the heart. We need, we need everything, but I think it's just something important in our society because 
it's something that's not always valued. It's a complex topic, and I'm really excited to dive in. I love, uh, you just said something awesome. Well, a lot of awesome things, but life begins at the heart. And I think that's the heart of everything, right? It's our heart, our heart chakra. And it is, it's where we connect in loving kindness, forgiveness, all the important things that I think are kind of diminished in our Western culture. Yeah. And I want to bring that back. It's also part of super aging because in many cultures, older adults, people that are aging, we're all aging. But after we get to a certain age, maybe some people think 50, 60, 70, as we get older, we become more vulnerable. So the heart is more important. We need more kindness as we get older. And in many cultures, there's a reverence for elders. And I think that's what's lacking in our culture. We just are like, no, no, it's all about, you know, do, do and be, be. And if we don't honor that wisdom of the elders, I think that's where we see like the the cultural, um, you know, I want to say illness. That's kind of a strong word, but there's a cultural, uh, maybe somebody can give me a better word, but we're falling apart in a certain way. And that's where we need to come back to is like, how do we help vulnerable, pe- vulnerable people? How do we be more kind to ourselves and others? Amazing. Awesome. So glad you're here and part of this conversation. So Matt, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you. Good Uh, to see you. Please share who you are. I mean, obviously your book, Strings of Kindness, so it's kind of obvious, but feel free to elaborate. (laughs) Okay. Formerly, I'm Matthew J. Goldberg, but call me Matt. Uh, I consider myself an inspirational humorist whatever that means, but uh, I'm a very serious person who also has a hyperactive 24-7 sense of humor. Uh, But I'm very interested in this topic, not only to talk about about my book, but I appreciate the deep dive and other perspective on this. I echo what Elise just said. And it seemed to me that I wanted to read a book about how we're all connected with each other. And during the pandemic, we had to be connected to one another by much more than our viruses. And I thought we're really connected to one another through our acts and words of of kindness. And luckily, uh, I was able to get a total of 85 true stories of kindness received. And that helped to define the word kindness for me and maybe Uh, for others. And I think it's really, I don't know, it's what really drives us, what really connects us in the best possible ways to our better selves and to one another. So I'm very interested in the topic and other people's points of view and even definitions of what kindness means to them. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one next. We're skipping ahead a little bit. but Not until we meet Elizabeth. Elizabeth, great to have you here. So wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I am a digital marketer by trade and a personal growth writer and speaker by passion. And I come from kindness from the perspective of personal growth and self-improvement. Because so often when we are trying to improve ourselves, we do not do it in a kind way. And I realized for myself that the things that I was doing to be better were actually counterproductive. And I was making myself miserable instead that wasn't the goal, right? And so I've really been pursuing 
a path of personal growth that is centered on kindness around feeling good. And that's what I love to discuss and share. So I'm excited to get to do that today. Oh, and I am excited as well. Um, (laughs) People come to me in, in different ways into these conversations. And I started hosting every other month these meet and greets because I like to have people I know um, on the conversations. And that is how we met. So I'm really glad to have you here. And I'm excited to dive in. And we do need to start with that all important first question, which is, what is kindness? Matt, go. Okay. Each of us probably has a slightly different definition, but I'll keep it simple. To me, if I had to come up with one synonym for kindness, it's empathy putting ourselves in other positions. I think that's not that there aren't other very good answers as well, but that's where it all starts for me. Starts with empathy. Absolutely. What do you think, Elise? Uh, Elise, you're muted. I appreciate appreciate the muting when you're not talking. It just doesn't work well for podcasts. (laughs) Yep. I totally agree about the empathy. Empathy is number one and it has to be inside and out. I think the way we carry ourselves also, we could say kind words, but if we don't uh, feel that kindness inside, then it's kind of lost. I'm a yoga teacher. So the energy that we carry is very important and I love to help people to create that sort of inside out uh, demeanor in the world. So I just, I'll I'll take that for my definition of kindness. It's kindness inside that you're giving to someone. It should be both invisible and with your words. And empathy is a great way to describe that because you're, you feel when somebody's empathetic towards you. That's so true. And Elizabeth, I'm sure you have something to add on this one. Yeah, I think that sometimes I hear kindness described as uh, treating others or treating yourself the way that you want to be treated. But I realize that not everyone treats others or themselves all that well, right? (laughs) And so I come from it from a perspective of really assuming positive intentions, whether that's internal or external, because when we act with that assumption, I think that we give and get the best that we can. That's such a good point, though. Do unto others, but if you don't treat yourself well, then wait, that is definitely a disconnect. Why do you think people are kinder to others than they are to themselves? Oof, that's a tough one. If I had the full answer, I would have already told everyone I know, but the things that I can think of, uh, I think that a lot of us think that we are doing a service by being unkind, that that is the way to find success or achievement. And the idea of tough love is very much wrapped up in this. And so I think that that is really the place where it's coming from. But to solve it is is certainly a complicated issue. Elise, do you have two cents to add to this one? I have a feeling you do. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of it is coming from childhood. And I've been doing a lot of work with it's also heart. Our, Our inner child is our heart center. So we want to. You know, sometimes what I heard and what Elizabeth shared was the critical parent. I call it the critical parent. And the critical parent is like tough love, but in not a boundaries kind of, you know, kind way. It's it's whatever bad, wrong you're doing it. You know, they're trying to help. The critical parent is trying to help, but they're 
they're the negative voice in your head. So I think connecting to maybe how we talk to a child or a sweet pet, even when we're feeling frustrated, we have to kind of work through it. So I think that's the complexity that you were talking about. We have, I think we can all access a sort of a kind, um, you know, maybe you don't identify as a parent, but how would you talk to uh, someone like a child, an elder, a pet, because that's that unconditional love. And so we have to reconnect to that unconditional love that we had as children. So is this in terms of being kind to yourself? So you're more kind to others or just kind in general? I think both, because if we're out in the world and we're being, we're living in the world from that critical parent, because I know I do that all the time. I'll have this like voice. that's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's not a nice voice. And I'll be like, huh, you know, okay, thank you for your help. <laughs> and I regroup. So that's how I am in the world with other people. And then for me, it comes to a meditation space where I consciously meditate and do different practices to bring myself back to that kindness towards myself. If I'm out of balance, I'm not kind to myself. If I'm tired or frustrated, then I can't be kind to myself or others. So I don't know for me if it's an either or. I work hard to really uh, build myself up so I can be kind and inspirational in the world because I feel like that's what I'm here for. So it's basically, not to make it really super simple, but it's basically the better you feel, the kinder you are. Because if you don't feel good, you're not kind to anybody. Right on, yeah. And we get tested. We get tested by things happening all at once. So, Matt, what do you think? Why are people, why is there a kindness imbalance? Mm-hmm. As I was listening to Elizabeth and, and Elise speak of it, I I hope I'm not moving the goalpost, but I was thinking of forgiveness. Sometimes it's easier to be more forgiving of others than to be self-forgiving. I think that plays into it. Sometimes we do have to have a certain confident confidence to make that kind gesture to others. And, you know, to operate from that place of empathy and a little bit of vulnerability, you know, to, to give that whatever it is, whatever we feel that other person uh, uh, needs. So, uh, those ideas right now, as I'm thinking about it and, and unpacking this topic a little more, uh, kind of connect to me. Uh, so I hope that made sense well, <laughs> as I'm thinking this through in real time. But. Well, but that is the point. We're basically having yeah. a conversation and let other people either watch or listen. You you might be watching us live on Gold Chat Live or the replay or listening to us uh, because this is also the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. So um, whether you're consuming this by watching us or listening to us, the, the idea is to continue to move the goalpost, you know, to take the topic and see what windy roads, um, they lead. And I think the, let's, let's go a little bit deeper into this kind to yourselves because we're all, we're all, we're trying to, um, live our lives in a kind way, we're trying to get what we need to get, meet all the needs, be kind to our family, whatever. And there's so much everything going on all the time. I know I'm speaking in understatements. 
And at least uh, for what I do with goal setting, it's all about setting yourself up for success. So what can or what what do you do? Let's let's start with that one. What do you do to be kind to yourself so you are the best version of you? Matt? I can hop in on. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, please. No, go ahead, please. What I have been thinking with this is that one of the things that I do is to not necessarily believe all of my own thoughts, which sounds kind of crazy at first until you dive in a little bit uh, sooner. And I remember the first time I realized that my first reaction didn't have to be the thought that I landed on, that I could have this reaction that was unkind to myself or others, and I could change it. And that didn't have to be how I acted and have to be how I thought. And that was really freeing for me because I think that a lot of us have these initial reactions and we don't know how to change those. They're natural, they're inherent, but we can change the second, third, final thoughts that we have and make those kinder and better. And it takes a lot of the pressure off. I'm anti-pressure. I want to be better without pressure. So that is certainly the approach that I try to take. Got it. So is it, it's kind of like the count to 10 right? Yeah, very much aligned with that. Yes. Okay. I like that one. So Matt, Elise, what do you think? I'll give it a shot. So one theme, and it may tie in with Elizabeth better without pressure. Uh, internally, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, which is really tough because I'm no, nowhere close to perfect in any way, shape, or form. And I wanted to develop an idea about being the anti-perfectionist, having very high stand, being a high standardist, but an anti-perfectionist. Unfortunately, I didn't perfect that enough to really write and speak more about it. It's still under development. Uh, but I think that also, that really does, I didn't think I would be talking about forgiveness and self-forgiveness, but it all, it all ties in. So I guess what I do to yeah, try to get into a better headspace so I can be kinder to myself and to others is, it sounds trite, but just take time to myself, uh, whether it's listening to music, getting out of my head by reading the words of, of other writers, that, that all helps just center me a little bit so I don't get overly mental <laughs> internally and torture myself with everything I may have made a mistake on or not, uh, or have not fulfilled enough. Well, it's really, so what is the term recovering perfectionist or you're still perfectionist? Yeah. Yeah. The recovery has been slower than I would have wanted it to be. So yeah, I guess a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> so at least what, what do you think? Which chakras are involved in being kind to yourself? Well, definitely the heart. You want to feel calm as well. So, I mean, it's hard to separate the chakras. They all work together. But I'd say really the heart, again, you can just place your hands on your heart. Everybody here can do this right now and just take a deep breath. And breathe in loving kindness. I do that a lot with my students. I tell them to breathe in loving kindness for themselves. Then you can do it for others. But you need to have that foundation for yourself first. So, the way you can access loving kindness is imagine, I don't know if you hear that sound, but that's my little chihuahua. She wants to be let into the room. So if you see me after I finish answering this question, go off camera, I'm going to let her in. But I think of her face. She's so sweet and cute. 
And I just think that reminds me of that unconditional love, that loving kindness. I just imagine it boomerang, boomeranging back to me. So I fill myself up with that love and kindness. That's one of the practices. It's good to have like a handful of practices that you can take with you. You do them in the morning to sustain yourself or to, you know, bring yourself up. And then you have them in your back pocket in case too many people honk at you or yell at you or you have a bad day. That's, I like that. But so this is my question before you go, go let in, who let the dog in? Sorry, had to say it. Uh, what, how does someone who is cranky and having a rough day stop? Isn't it so much easier to keep going off the rails? Yeah, you. it's a practice. It's like the step back is a real practice. But once you start doing it, she just let herself in. Once you start doing it, <laughs> you get used to it. So, you know, having a coach, a guide, start taking yoga. And, and it, I mean, I say start taking yoga, do something. If yoga is not your thing, there's other meditations and other teachers. They it, Then that voice, like I think teachers that have helped me, their voice starts to come into my head and starts to replace those thoughts. Or I start going, oh, maybe I could do it a little differently. You know, I don't have to listen to that voice that's telling me, yell at the person who just gave me a ticket. You know, maybe I could step back and realize, yeah, I probably should have put more money in the meter or, (laughs) but we often go to that reaction. So it does take practice. It's better to practice when you're not in that I love Elizabeth better without pressure. When you're not under pressure, practice when the stakes are low. And then when the stakes are high, you're going to be better. But we're all going to lose it. We're all we're human. So we have to give ourselves that, um, you know, ability, not ability, but allow yourself to be human. We're going to mess up. You can't be kind every day of the year, every minute. We're going to be mean and we're going to be nasty sometimes and especially as one of my yoga teachers says to the people that we live with or we're closest to because it's just easier to be that way to sadly to our loved ones elizabeth i see a lot of nodding yeah going on with you here so (laughs) i in i i love your take too because when you try and be better you were saying before that people who are so into self-improvement and when you're trying to be better, it's pressure Mm -hmm. and it's like the opposite of what you're trying to achieve. So uh, how do you uh, balance, how do you balance that? What are your recommendations? Yeah, there's, I think that there are a lot of these wonderful perspectives there are also sometimes some more concrete strategies. So when you ask the question, uh, how to get, how does someone who feels like they're having a bad day, get out of that and get into a kindness place of kindness. I think that one of the, the practical tips that I personally use is splitting the day up into quarters to say, I might've had a bad quarter number one today, but that does not mean that the rest of the day has to be that way. Or you can do morning and afternoon and evening. Say, okay, the morning didn't start the way that I wanted it to, but I'm going to be kind to myself, let myself off the hook and make sure the afternoon and evening are, are better in whatever way that I'm I'm focusing on. So for me, it's combining these wonderful perspectives with some concrete tools that help my brain really get into that place that I want to be in. I really like this concept because you could have like a bad morning and then, it, what is it? I, I'm trying to remember, I saw this thing that like, if your $20 bill was dirty, would you throw it out? 
would you waste the whole thing? Yes, you you yes. know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Would you waste your whole day being cranky just because a quarter of it was terrible? Not and all. the answer is no. no. I love that that you can like etch a sketch, you can refresh at yes. any part of the day and start over. Yes, that's a wonderful way. And even just that visualization could be an excellent one to use. Think of yourself as truly shaking that Etch-A-Sketch and that that mental picture is even a practical tip right there. So thank you, Deb. You are so welcome. (laughs) Matt, what what are you thinking? What's your take on on redirecting? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I will attribute it to you, Deb, but I love the Etch-A-Sketch analogy. And I wrote that down and I can't even shake it off the paper because it's in ink. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm learning from the perspectives because uh, from everyone's perspectives, because my book has some great stories, some wonderful quotes that I think people will, um, will find resonant, but I don't really have those tips, but I enjoy, again, being kind enough to ourselves to allow ourselves to reset periodically, whether it's morning, noon, or night, every quarter, maybe every day to take, you know, to take stock and just give give ourselves a break, be as kind to ourselves as hopefully we are to others and not patting myself on the back again. It's easier for me, I think, to shrug off bad moods and circumstances and really try try to extend my heart to others. I'm not perfect that way by any way, shape or form, but, but it's harder to my, I, you know, I really take it on if I feel like I've treated someone unfairly. So I, I really have to learn how to reset, but I, and this is all involved with self-kindness, self-care and self-forgiveness. And those are very powerful themes. So, Matt, how does someone who describes himself as what a humor inspirationalist end up compiling a book on kindness? I mean, you 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 scratch the surface a bit at the beginning, but I'd like to spend a little bit. Yeah, on this. well, thanks for the point. Yeah, an inspirational humorist, and I don't I don't know how many people or that type of animal or self described animal, but. In a lot of my writings, my way in or speeches is through humor before trying to go just a, just a little bit uh, deeper. And I, 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 a lot of my work so far have been a series of shorts built around a different theme. And this is no different uh, uh, other than in this case, I was more the curator and the editor. And you know, created the idea for the book and to find the parameters. And I was, I'm very appreciative of all the stories that I received and all these others, other writers t- telling their own stories that meant so much to them. And, and truly, I, yeah, I didn't know if it was a speech. So some way I really did want to hit upon the idea of, of how we are connected, uh, not to, repeat myself overly, but we we really are connected by our kindness. And even during the pandemic, I think we saw the worst of human nature, but also the very best of human nature at the same time. And my stories were confined to the p- pandemic. Some people were writing about a teacher that did something very special for them 70 plus years ago. Uh, and I, I 
felt like this was the sort of book that I needed to read during a, a very tough time the last few years. I know they haven't been easy for anyone. Uh, and why not try to <laughs> try to create it and, and put that that idea out in the universe and and see what came in and what we could learn from that and to try to uh, make a book that's very enjoyable and uplifting at the same time. And maybe we'll encourage people to be more kind to others. If we see what effect our kind words and kind acts that really didn't cost us anything in most cases to perform these, uh, you know, what we do more than when we see, you know, how much they, they meant to others. So that, I guess that was the dynamic that I really wanted to capture. Well, in our mutual friend, Harry James O'Kelly, when you think about, and she's got a, a short story in your book yes. as well. I met Harry because I was covering an event and I was supposed to only cover it in the morning because I had an appointment in the afternoon, but I enjoyed the event so much. I, I rescheduled and Harry was only there in the afternoon. So had I left, I would not have met her. And she's one of the kindest people I know, always trying to connect people. Um, so when you talk about rings of kindness, someone I met in a certain way who's, um, and I will I also <laughs> have to shout out, she basically had a family field trip to the Barnes & Noble when I did my book, <laughs> when I book, um, when my book first came out. Um, and it was, it was just absolutely beautiful. So she is definitely a really good example, but also an ambassador. And I think the more kind people we have in our lives, the more kind people we have in our lives. Yeah, real quickly, but yeah, uh, thanks to Harry for connecting us and for your article <laughs> about my book for Juno's Journal. But I really met some lovely people through this project. Not only did they write good stories, I think they really had the heart to tell these stories and recognize the kindness because I didn't want people bragging about what Deb's doing, what Elise is doing, uh, just those moments that meant a lot to us that we received from others. We weren't closely connected with at those times. And, but yes, I echo everything you said about Harry and, and about this topic. I'm very grateful for that connection and many connections I've made uh, through Rings of Kindness. So not to like give anybody whiplash, but Elizabeth, I would love to know what it was that inspired Better Without Pressure. Because you, and we live in digital, so we can connect any dots we want. But how did you decide to connect these dots? Yeah, well, I would say that I am someone who has always had the inherent desire to be better. I remember being in the third grade and we ran the mile in gym and it was timed. And I went out and I practiced the mile. Now you can't tell because we're digital. I'm five feet tall, not an Olympic runner. I was not destined for greatness as a runner, but I wanted to improve. I just wanted that time to be better. And I feel like that desire has always been within me and, and within a lot of people I know. And somewhere along the line, it started to get counterproductive. And I specifically think of uh, meditation about five or so years ago. We were really, as a culture talking a lot about meditation and we have been for many years, but specifically five years ago, I was like, I need to meditate. I need to be one of these people and get these benefits. And I just couldn't do it. I downloaded the apps and I just didn't, I just didn't fit with it. And I started to feel guilty about it. 
like, oh my gosh, I can't do this thing that I'm supposed to be doing for myself. And I realized the reasons I was wanting to meditate, to have less stress, to feel better, were actually having, you know, having the opposite effect. And once I had that realization, I, I started to think about this and a lot of other practices I had around self-care and improvement. And when we had that wonderful uh, moment in time when we all had a lot of different time on our hands, I decided that I wanted to write about that and explore that more there. So that's really uh, some of the motivations that got me there. Um, some some positive, some seemingly negative, but ended up also really being positive. I love when people take the things that they need to learn and start sharing them mm-hmm. because yes. that's how we all improve by it, there's no secret to anything. There's just trial and error and figuring out what works mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great. It, and it's such a good analogy too, because when you're doing the things, it's the same reason why you should never do. It drives me crazy. This is the secret to blah, do mm-hmm. this and blah. Yes. And it's yes. everywhere on my feed, on your feed, oh, yes. probably on everybody's feed. And it drives me crazy because what works for one person might work for you, mm-hmm. but it's more likely that maybe that it's more like a piece of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many people have told us to wake up at 5 a.m.? Right. I mean, I'm an early bird. I like to do it, but that's not the secret to success that you're not having is just that that hour or two or more. (laughs) Right. Because everyone's different. So I absolutely agree with that. So, Elise, you are really like the easiest. So I based this conversation because I really wanted to talk to Matt about his book. And then I met Elizabeth and she was talking about self-kindness. And then I reached out to you because I figured you're like the no brainer to round out the panel, but you do everything that you do is really in service to feel better. Is that accurate? What was your aha that led you on this path? Uh. Well, going way back, I think it all comes back to my mom. My mom had a career back in the day when women were mostly stay-at-home moms. And I saw how harsh it was for her. Uh, It just got me really into feeling good because I was like, wow, you know, it kind of looks fun what she was doing. She became a judge. Um, She was one of the first judges in Northern California. And it was hard. You had so much attention on you. Now it's, it's a different world, but I think as women, we have, you know, we're, we're parents. Sometimes we're, we're like the nurturers, the givers. And I just wanted to fill myself up. I just wanted to live a different life because from a young age, I was asked, do you want to go to law school? And I was like, no way. (laughs) So it, it, it had the, was it supposed to have the opposite effect that it had, or was it supposed to yeah. encourage you to follow her footsteps? I, I think it had the opposite effect. In fact, I'm thinking, you know, when you go to court, you're, it's not kindness. It's like the exact opposite. And my mom is actually a very kind, loving person. Uh, and we could, I could keep talking about all kinds of things I learned from her and seeing her in the world, but you know, I just wanted to be in an environment where I was uplifting people, not where people were uh, fighting and squat, you know, the, and I have a lot of, a lot of my relatives are attorneys and many of them are doing great work in the world. Don't get me wrong. We need attorneys to do social good. We need 
and yeah, I, I do get to be around my um, relatives that are attorneys doing good in the world, but I like to support, I'd rather be the support person for them. I love to support people that are doing great things in the world because I think they get beat up because of, you know, the way the world is. So that's why I'm loving this panel today. And that really ties back into the core, which started this tangent, which is when you're better to yourself, you feel better and you're able to take on the world. And before we touch upon what are some good kindness tips to others, what is your favorite kind thing that you do for yourself on a regular basis? Elise? Me. Well, I do. I love practicing yoga. I love meditating now. As Elizabeth said, meditation is not for everyone. I'm very clear about that. Walking can be a meditation. I think it's good to have several things. So that's why I'm saying several things. And I, I like spa, spa-like bedtime routine, because if we sleep better, then we wake up more refreshed. So I'm really big on routines. Have a spa at bedtime, because, you know, why wait to go to the spa? You can give yourself a foot bath. You can take a bath. Pretend you're in a spa in your own home and then wake up and do some things that give you more of an energetic reserve, whatever that is for you and try different things out. You know, that's why I think when you go to the spa, there's a menu. It's like, do you want a salt rub? Do you want a facial? And I think that our practices, that's how I think of it because I go through phases and I'll change it up sometimes because sometimes something sounds really good. And then sometimes I'm kind of sick of it. So that's my tip. Have, have a menu and have a routine. So that time is built in because if I don't have that time built in and sometimes it does get taken away, I see how quickly, um, I know we talked about those quarters, but I, I really need to start my day, right? Awesome. I love that. Um, menu, food. <laughs> That's, I hear menu, I think food, um, it, which is my meditation. I love cooking because you can't be connected to technology and cook at the same time. And that's tactile. And as you put the phone down, if you want music, you just ask A-L-E-X-A and you're good. But it's just you and being present with the thing that you're doing. So Matt, what is your best kind thing that you do for yourself? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think we need to give Matt some homework. Okay. <laughs> I think there's all good, uh, good homework, good work for myself. Sorry about my dog in the background. Well, walking my dog who I love. I wish she wasn't barking to the world just now. Uh, music. I can't produce any music. If I know how a song goes, I could write a parody instantly, but I can't produce any music. But I love listening to music. I just, uh, I need some sort of soundtrack each day to get me through the day, to get me energized, or maybe to to calm me down a little bit. Uh, simple things. I have uh, uh, only w- one child, a, a ninth grade uh, high school freshman. And to be honest, we, we often watch Luckily, he has an old soul, and he has a sense of humor that's amazing. And we watch all sitcoms together, and we usually try to make time at least a few times a week to do that. So pretty simple stuff, taking walks, working out, music, and uh, time with my son. And 
sometimes with my wife too. <laughs> he just enjoys uh, a silly comedy, uh, usually just having some laughs together. That's so nice. So, is, but it's the little things are the big things. I think so. I think so. Yes. I, I want to give a shout out to Joe Howe, who's been watching. I think he came through you, Matt. He said, oh, I hi, like Joe. doing kind things <laughs> for people. We like you too. You're our people. Thank you for tuning in live, Joe. Elizabeth, what about you? What what things stand out are of the things that you do that are kind to you? Yeah. One of the things I do for myself is get my 10,000 steps every day. And that is something that is kind to myself because I know I need that movement to, to feel good. And by giving myself this set goal, I really dedicate the time to it. And by telling other people that I always get my steps in, they really give me the time for it too, which is important. And actually for, for me, giving myself rules is actually uh, very kind. Um, so as I learn things about myself, I internalize them as rules, much like what you referenced earlier about having uh, the conversation with an inner child or uh, thinking as if you were a parent, like, to Elisa's point. Um, so for me, giving myself rules is really helpful. I've figured out that I love podcasts, but in the morning, if I listen to a podcast first thing, I have too many voices in my head. And so I just made a rule that I don't listen to podcasts in the morning. And you know what? That has helped me so much, um, not only to, to be kind to myself in these little ways, but also to cut down on some of these unnecessary decisions. Knowing yourself is probably one of the kindest things you can do because then you know. Yes the way in which you can interact. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of rules, especially the ones you make for yourself, mm -hmm. because then you've got your guideposts. When, yeah. when you set goals, um, so the D and the dead method is determine your mission. When you know who you are, what you're about, that everything else is in alignment with that mission, with that motto. And when you know yourself, then you could put in things that set you up for success. Whether it's, and I love that you get your 10,000 steps. See, my smartwatch cheats me. I think I just probably don't move my arm enough when I walk because, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So usually I, if I get close to 5,000 steps, I think it's actually 10 because again, it's cheating me. But we also know if we're moving around enough. And usually, I'm sure Elise cannot really love to this. We are not moving around enough. We, we go and we sit and we work and then, ooh, I'm hungry. Oh, it's two o'clock. That must be why lunch was an hour and a half ago. But making rules that make your day better will make your life better. And then you're kind to yourself and then you're kind to others. And we're back to the kindness conversation. So what are some simple things people can do to be kind to others? Elise? I have a great one. It is. It just reminds me of how um, I, I think about it a lot because I'm also a gerontologist, which means I studied aging and the aging process. And we think, well, I'm just saying we, not anyone here, but collectively there's a perception that older people are not good with technology. So one kind thing you can do not help people, older people with technology or somebody who doesn't understand it because you could be any age, let's face it, but it works with my parents. I live with both of my parents who are in their 90s and I love to help them with technology because it helps me get better at being kind. I will hear that voice being frustrated, you know, like 
mom, can't you figure out how to share that photo? And she'll be like, I don't see. And then, (laughs) but I realize why, you know, why would I think to be kind to my other, you know, about other things? What about technology makes me think that I should judge her for not understanding how to do something that seems simple, right? So I step back and I think like, oh, okay, what would you do? I always empower my parents to say, you know, if you were going to send the email from your phone, what would you do? And then my dad will be like, hmm. And then he'll usually figure it out. So I love to do that. Helping elders or someone who doesn't understand some technology that you do, if we can be very patient, it's a great practice because you have to be in touch with your heart and you can empower the person because judgment that that voice that we've been talking about it comes up a lot with technology i don't know why if anyone has this answer but it comes up and i I think i even heard matt say i'm bad with technology i'm bad with technology but like it's just a kind of another thing that we do in the world right it's like you could say i'm a bad cook you could say i'm a bad and maybe you don't like it but it's a way to examine all these ideas i think to help someone with technology or to think are we being unkind to ourselves when we're working with technology? And it really comes up with older adults. So I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> Clearly. So in helping older adults with technology, you have to center yourself. It's a good reminder to be kind. And then you're kind to yourself. You're kind to them. Everybody wins. Yeah. You know what really got me on this one is I, I used to think like, helping elders, especially if you're a caregiver, it's a lot like being a parent in some ways, but parents, we, we, our kids are so cute and little, you know, and we're like, Oh, I can't be mean to them. But then why do we suddenly become mean to the older adults? I think it's that weird prejudice or something like what makes it okay to, to not be nice in that situation. That was a question I asked myself. Nothing. There is nothing. Okay. About not being nice to elders. Absolutely. Yeah. I am so with you. Elizabeth, what about you? What is, what is your big tip? And there, there will probably be opportunities for one or more of them, but what do you think is a way people can practice being kinder to others? One thing that has come to mind for me, that's a very specific little thing, um, is around connection. Cause I've heard so much about the loneliness epidemic lately, about how a lot of people feel less connected. And one thing that I think can hopefully increase that and be a very kind thing is the next time that you think of someone, text them. I know this sounds very simple, but so often we say, Oh, I was thinking of you the other day, or you see a certain kind of candy and you know that that person loves that candy and you can snap a photo and send it to them and just say, I'm thinking of you. And I think that this is a way that you can really have a very small moment of kindness and connection that is really easy and it's free. And it doesn't have to do with any of those high intense moments or um, more emotionally charged situations, right? It's just a little thing that you can do to go out of your way. And I must say, my husband is great at this and I'm not. And so I'm personally (laughs) working on it. I'm inspired by his example. (laughs) I love that. And it's so simple. I I have a client and one of her rules, quote unquote, Mm. is if something can be done in five minutes, she has to do it. Yes. Because when you put things off, it becomes a better, bigger deal. So I love this as like, and not even an addendum or a bonus, but I love using this philosophy because 
it will take no time if you do it in the moment. Totally. So quick. So quick. And, and same thing with anything. Whenever you a compliment comes to mind, just share the compliment. And there you go. You had an act of kindness. Look at you. <laughs> so Matt, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think one key is to recognize that extending kindness and empathy and love benefits the giver as much as the recipient. And these little things that in most cases really don't cost really don't cost us anything and we get a benefit for it. Maybe maybe Elise could talk about the not putting you on the spot, but the health benefits that and there are studies that corroborate uh, that. And sometimes as a general tip, I think sometimes we maybe Sorry, my son just walked in, dogs barking, sort of in an open room. So I apologize for that. Uh, be kind to me, didn't mean that. Uh, but but sometimes I think uh, I lost my train of thought, which isn't too wonderful right now. Um, it's sometimes losing some of our arrogance and just appreciating and valuing what other people can contribute their talents, their ideas, and just giving that recognition to others is so important. And some of the stories of my book was just people who felt valued by a teacher, a classmate, a neighbor, a coach, whoever it was, that meant the world to them and really yeah, set them on a path of greater confidence. Uh, so all of that, I suppose. <laughs> It's a good point and definitely put Elise on the spot. What are the benefits? Of the benefits of kindness to yourself and others. I think I don't know of any exact studies, but I know that being kind to yourself is essential as you grow older because you are, you know, if we're hard on ourselves, like the, the more you can pace yourself in life, the more you can um, forgive yourself, some of the words that we've used today, uh, not be so hard on yourself. Those are the skills you need to live a long and productive life. And valuing emotional connectivity, um, that is so critical for aging. Um, I actually just wrote a, a co-wrote a chapter in a textbook on advancing long and productive lives for social work grand challenges. And, you know, it's, there's so many studies that have to do with self-perception and aging. If we think we're older and that's, I think I'm going to use thinking that we're like, if I say I am old or I think I'm older and I think of that in a negative way, which is similar to being not kind to yourself, we're just going to extrapolate that for this. But people that have that perception, they live 7.5 years less than those that have just just think of themselves as like they're integrated. They're like, I'm having fun. I don't know. You know, today I feel great. I'm not thinking about my birthday or how old I am in terms of number. That is that perception has a dramatic effect on how long you live. Cool. So having the happy, positive attitude, I am me now, extends your life. Yes. Okay. This one I've got. Good. I love this. 
Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Before we wrap, I would love for you each to, because you've already given so many really great tips, but I would love for you, but, and I would love for you all to gift a goal to those who are watching or listening. What is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow? And actually you're so good. I'm going to let you do one either or both. Um, what is some a good goal for being kind to yourself and or kind to others? Elizabeth, what goal on okay. kindness would you like to gift? I would love for everyone to make a ta-da list. What? A to-do list? No, a ta-da list. A list of things you've already done that are great. I think that we are all, as we're talking about kindness to ourselves, we can think of so many things we didn't do right in a day. And we forget all the little things that we did for ourselves or for others. So I would love to, to have everyone make a to-da list. Okay. Can I please borrow that? Because yes. I call it a win list. Yes. Yes. But I, I borrowed love... it too. It's, it's all a borrowing uh, a domino here. <laughs> yeah, but I love calling it a to-da list as opposed to a to-do list because that's, that's setting yourself up for success is seeing your wins and letting that energy move you forward. So making your to-da list of kind things you've done, things that you've done, and some can be kind Mm -hmm. to yourself and to others and there it kind of encompasses both so yes keep that running to doll list going amazing matt what goal yeah my head's still spinning i love to doll list i really do that ta-da uh but along those lines and i'm not saying i do this every day but have a kindness jar and by the same token maybe write out on a slip of paper, something you would like to do for yourself, and also something you would like to do uh, for others and try to make a brainstorm, a list. And then every day, try to fill up the jar a little bit more. Uh, and it could, it could be from the very simple, just giving recognition to someone else, uh, doing something nice. Sometimes we're not nice enough around the people we love most or our family. I, I believe maybe Elise had mentioned that earlier. Um, so yeah, give yourself credit for something tangible uh, th that you did uh, during the day and have some other, <laughs> along with the tanas, have some to do's. Well, I really want to you know, be a better neighbor this week. So what can I do? Maybe I, you know, help someone in the neighborhood with their groceries or mowing their lawn, you know, what, whatever it might be. There are, there are opportunities. And sometimes we have to, you know, have the confidence to reach out and that we're not going to be rejected. And if we are, okay, that's fine. Uh, but just, you know, just give it in the sort of way that we would have liked to receive that same action in return. So basically, it is a kindness to-do list mm -hmm. that becomes a kindness to-do list. There you go. I think so. Excellent. Elise, what goal would you like to gift? I would like to give everyone the gift of making, I'm kind of, it's a, make the menu. So it's the to-do list of what are the things you do and I'll, I'll just make it for the spa, like bedtime routine, because I want to keep the goal simple and clear. Write down um, five to 10 things. If you don't have 10, you know, write five or less things that you can do to calm yourself before you go to sleep. Maybe it's putting on some soft music. Maybe you like to meditate. Maybe you don't. Maybe it is giving 
yourself a little massage on your neck, just very simple. You could do this for five minutes. It doesn't have to be complicated, but write down a few things because what happens at the end of the day is that we just say, we draw a blank, like I'm exhausted and oh maybe I'll just text that person like the rule. I have a rule, like don't, no more. <laughs> but if you have that menu, it it adds another layer of of that rule of not, you know, you might get away from technology, but you're still thinking about all that stuff. So if you have the menu, you can step into that spa-like bedtime routine and think, oh, now I get to listen to that soothing music, even if you need to go to bed earlier because the next day you have to get up early. I have one more for being kind to other people. Go ahead. Can... Yeah. Be kind to someone that is maybe vulnerable or looking for help. And that's a great practice. I love to do that because like somebody asking for directions or somebody that has, maybe they left something on a counter, you know, you can go after them and say, Hey, you forgot your, your to go bag on the counter here. Often we think, you know, Oh, let somebody else do it. Or there's something it's hard to be vulnerable and help somebody. And it goes back to helping adults with technology, try to help somebody when you're not asked and just be very kind. It's, it's so fulfilling and you'll get so much gratitude. I think it's, it's a way to sort of loop this whole conversation. I believe. Both really great goals and the, well, let's start with the menu don't spend the time thinking about the things that you love to do. And you could do the menu for the morning or the evening, but we're being nice. So morning is optional. The goal is the evening one. Um, you don't have to think about it. You can just say, okay, I've got 15 minutes. What from this menu can I do before I go to bed so I get a restful night's sleep? Or what of these things can I do first thing in the morning that's going to get my day off to the right perfect start? So wonderful routine and habits. But also to, to be kind to everybody, you know, you, as Matt was saying before, people will benefit from your kindness, but no one's going to benefit as much as you will from the process of being kind. Oh, I love this conversation. Before we wrap, will you please tell people where they can learn more about you? Elise? Okay. Um, I'm going to put my link tree. It's you're going to give it to people because it's Linktree slash Elise Collins because I'm redoing my website. Thank you. And I was going to say my email is my full name at Gmail. And I actually have, I forgot about this, but I do have a sheet. It's kind of like a menu. It's a routine sheet because I really believe routines are so important. If anybody wants it, I'll email it to them. Just email me my full name at Gmail and I'm happy to send over it's morning ritual, evening ritual. It's a little worksheet. It has some space for you to write down your menu. Fine. And what I will say is if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you will get the recap and the links, and we will add that in um, for people who are interested in getting the menu from you. So awesome. Love that. Matt, where can people learn more about you? Okay, and first of all, thank you for this opportunity. And Elise and uh, Elizabeth, I really enjoyed meeting you and learning from you. So hope we could continue this conversation in some manner. You could go to also my full name, Matthew, that's two T's, MatthewJGoldberg.com, 
uh, about the book specifically, a little product placement, <laughs> Rigs mm -hmm. of Kindness makes an excellent gift to yourself and to others. You could find it on Amazon or simply punch in ringsofkindness.com and that, you know, that will connect to the, the website as a whole, some weird blog articles that I write a little bit of everything, but I would, I would love to meet some people uh, that we connected tonight. So thank you. Awesome. And Elizabeth, where can people learn more about you? The best place to find me is elizabethmcumber.com. That link with the rest of them. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm also active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Wonderful. And I will also say that in the recap, I will put everybody's LinkedIn as well as um, their websites and the link shared today. I am at the Dev Method everywhere and you can go, um, get a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books and for continue motivation and inspiration every Monday at 4 p.m pacific I bring in three friends to dive into the topic of the week or you can listen to the dev show on your favorite podcast platform and this is why I love this you're all like so excited to meet each other and connect with each other which is the entire point of these conversations, we get to hang out and totally geek out on an amazing topic. And then we get to be friends forever, which is what everything is all about. Kindness is community. It's connection. It's finding our people and elevating because that's what life is all about is going through the journey, but not just with yourself, with others and finding your people. What a great, kind conversation. Uh, before we wrap, I would just love one final thought from each of you. Elizabeth, final thought. Oh, final thought. Wow, I just used up all my thoughts, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final thought is kindness is free. That works for me. <laughs> Amazing, Matt. Your final thought. That's such a and it has such an air of finality to it. But the, uh, kindness is cool. It really is. I mean, it's. I know this sounds so trivial, but it's it's cool to be kind, and we have to really. We just need it. We need it for ourselves. We need it for others. We need it for our world. And kindness really is cool. Meanness is not over competitiveness. It's just not cool at all. So let's let's elevate one another. Yes. Agree. Exclamation and gold stars for that, for sure. Elise, final thought? Final thought is I love everything that everyone said. I love being with Matt. I love being with Elizabeth. Look around in nature. Nature is kind. Look at trees, animals, and just be find that peace that you feel in nature. And near a tree. Should we be <laughs> hugging trees? If Why you not? want, you can, you can visualize that you are a tree and just feel very rooted and calm. I think when we feel calm and connected, then we exude that and we're kind to ourselves and others. Absolutely. And I think this is really the, the running theme. 
you're kind to yourself, you feel good, you're kind to others. And when you're kind to others, you feel good. So it really is like the best kind of cycle um, is kindness. So let's keep spreading it. Thank you all so much, Elise, Matt, and Elizabeth for joining me today. Uh, whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are so glad you're here and choosing kindness. So go out there, be kind to yourself, to others, go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.